On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. So excited about today's interview. So I spoke with Barbara Corcoran on CW33 back in May, and it was one of our, our favorite interviews we had had in a long time. And we said, you know what? She uh, she's doing these webinar series that have been really helpful for small business owners, and we thought we have got to get her on again because I had like 30,000 more questions. So we're bringing her in for a second shot sit down. You know where we really talk about people who have had a second shot because there's so much to be learned. When one person has learned it, then we can learn and hopefully just take that second shot and use it for ourselves a little bit. You guys know Barbara from Shark Tank. You come for the Shark Tank and business advice. You stay for the Instagram reels. At least that's how it is for me. Hey, Barbara, good to see you. Nice to be with you, Jenny. Pleasure again. We, we, after that interview, we thought, oh man, Ron and I were, were both here and we, we thought, we have got to get her on again to talk about wishes come true. Just <laughs> wishes come true. We kind of manifested it because as soon as it ended, we thought, okay, we've, we've got to figure this out again. And I've got to start off with this story. It seems like a little bit of a second shot. I was looking at on your Instagram. Um, I would love to hear the backstory on, you know, 22 year old Barbara waitressing. What, what was the story? What's the backstory for people who haven't seen the IG video? Well, that when I was waitressing at a diner uh, and I ha was in charge of my counter, there were two counters. Uh, the the beauty uh, to that opportunity was it was my 22nd job. I had worked since I was, I think 11 was my first job. Mm. But that night was such an important night because a good looking guy walked in, asked to sit at my counter versus the other waitress who was much more beautiful than I was. She was like the blonde bombshell. And he sat at my counter and I fell in love with him. He offered me a ride home that night. My parents hated him on site because he was 10 years younger than, than me. I was 23, he was 33. They didn't like that very much, but he became my boyfriend. And within six months, he said, you've got such a great personality. You should quit your job as a waitress and become a real estate agent. You'd do very well. And I, I thought, why not? I could always get my waitress job back. And that's exactly what I did. And I started a company with myself, of course, in a rental desk that I got from an accountant. And that was the birth of my first business. If I could just jump forward, I mean, you, when you build a business, you get over every obstacle. You don't think you're gonna make it, you just somehow find a way, you know? And thank God I had the thousand dollars. It was enough for me to stay in business for three weeks. I figured out my costs, three weeks, and boy, I knew I wasn't gonna let that thousand dollars go away without making my first deal. And I made it the first week and got $330 commission. So then I had $1330, whoa, you know, so but Barbara, the hard part of that business, oh, I'm sorry, go no, ahead. No, no, please yeah, do. I'll I do want to hear the hard part about that business. Okay, the hard part about that business was not so much growing the business, but my dependency on that businessman, my 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 boyfriend. I'd never been in love. Mm -hmm. He was my first boyfriend. And then he announced after seven years he was marrying my secretary. That was the humdinger. I didn't think I could survive that, honestly. Yeah. It seemed like 
was the end of my life. I mean, was it the end of my life? No, he found another girlfriend, big deal. But did it feel like the end of my life then? Like I couldn't go on, I couldn't succeed without him, I couldn't march forward? Of course it did, because I was young and stupid and I didn't know I should have been happy to get rid of that guy, you know? Uh, but that was the birth of the corporate group, which was my huge success, which I built without him. And he did me the wonderful favor on the way out the door when I ended that business. We divided our 14 people into two groups. He took half, I took half. And with that Corcoran group business, uh, the beauty to that is uh, I just knew I was going to need the help of every single person to make a go of it. It was mm -hmm. tough at first, uh, but can I tell you, it was meant to be. I'm so thankful that rejection happened. As every downturn, you're happy when you look back. It doesn't feel good when you're coming through it, but you can see the wisdom of it when you look back. It's the connecting of the dots that we just, you know, can't do as we right look dots. ahead. It just, it just is. What, I mean, my gosh, that kind of heartbreak. I know this is, we're talking about business, but but how did you go on after that and say, you know what, I, can, I Barbara, can do this and I might not actually need him. Well, you know what I think really uh, was as responsible for the effort of 18 hour days, day after day, I put into that business and how I poured myself into my agents and adored them and everything they did and did everything for them. That's what got me ahead. My agents adored me back. We had mm. a team and a loyalty, the likes of which New York City, a cold hearted town had never seen before. And when we were united at the hip and at the shoulder and at our philosophy and our enthusiasm, there was really no stopping us. I don't think we knew then there was no stopping us because we were competing in the old boys network in New York City where every business was 100 times our size and every business was owned by a wealthy guy who got it from his father, who got it from his grandfather. And so it was an old boy network. I think, thank God, I was so busy working hard that I don't really think I looked at it that way. It was oh. just like, just keep going, let's get going. And so we built a team of women and then, of course, Ramon Simone on the way out the door on that Friday morning when I had divided up the business, he said to me, you'll never succeed without me. Oh, he didn't really mean it. I, I realized now he was a nice enough guy, mm -hmm. uh, but I think he was so shocked and angry that I actually left him. You know, what was he expecting? Right. You know, his wife was now sitting in my seat sharing an office with him. Like, did he think I was happy about that? But thank God uh, that all happened because without that kind of a, a topsy-turvy thing, you don't find out what you're made of. You don't realize that you could succeed without someone. And he gave me the power to try so many things because when we were at near failure at so many junctions along the way because that's what business is a struggle to get past the walls but when we were facing those walls did, did we get through the walls i would just think of those words they'd echo off that wall and i'd say i'd rather die than let him see me not succeed you know mm. and that could be a wonderful motivator to get even it's insult you know i don't think it's the right way to motivate people that's not my style i do it by underlining what they're so capable of sincerely but Insult worked on me. I imagine if he gave me a compliment, I wouldn't be in business to talk about it, but he insulted me. And boy, did he get my number. Hey, maybe even did it intentionally for all I know. The chip on the shoulder thing works for you. It works for you very, very well. I know just that, Ooh, yeah. that little, Just that little bit of something. You mentioned, you know, kind of the boys club. It, it's a different world now than I suspect it was then. But I have to say, Barbara, I still feel yeah. it. I don't, I kind of do what you're doing. You know, you just kind of keep going and working and doing your thing. But every once in a while, I'm like, wow, you know, we've got a ways to go here. Um, what is your advice for women who may feel a little bit like, like they can reach this certain level, but not the next level. And is it possible because it's the gender? Do we just ignore it and be the best or, or, or what is it? How do we navigate? 
Uh, to a degree. Uh, the way I look at it is I had uh, the good fortune of being dumb and naive and nowhere to go but up, mm. nothing to lose, right? What an advantage that was. When I was the only chicken town competing with the big guys, I mean, the business was worked by women, no doubt. There are thousands of ages, all female, but none of them owned a company, mm -hmm. right? So that was the point of difference, okay? And no men wanted to work for me. No problem. Women sell better than men, I believe, generally, if you give them the power tools they need to sell. But if you're in an industry that's so hard to compete with the men and there really is a glass ceiling, and I would say that's predominantly still the finance industry, and you can't get past that glass ceiling, I mean, why not change and go to a different industry? I believe in persistence and banging your head against a wall to a degree. But then I create, I just wholeheartedly believe in finding the right spot for yourself and building your own universe if you possibly can. Let me tell you what's so fabulous about owning your own business as a woman. You decide who to hire, what color to paint the walls, who you want to go for, what to say, what hours to work. You're in charge. Put a capable woman in charge of anything, which will happen in a financial institution so readily, and she'll soar. She'll show you what she's made out of, you know, for being given that chance or giving herself the chance. I mean, there's no stopping a capable woman. I think they're more capable than men. I know I have a very biased attitude, but I built my business around capable women. You know, I think it was probably 15 years before a guy agreed to work for me, and I had like 500 people already. No men wanted to report to a woman, and I was a nice boss. It wasn't like I was a dictator, right? And so I think if you're in an industry that you feel like you've given it your all and you're aware of the old boy network uh, putting that ceiling on your head, um, I say if you're acutely aware of it and it's bothering you, move somewhere else. You're not uh -huh. gonna get ahead unless your boss adores you. Your boss has to adore you for you to get ahead. That's the truth in it. And if he's not adoring you, doesn't see you as part of him, or his extension of power or where he can go, uh, you're not gonna get anywhere going down that path. You have to make your own, blaze your own new path. I totally agree regarding the boss. It, it is so true. Somebody has to see that thing in you that you feel in you and that you experience. I, I, I love that you just said that outright. So we're, we're yes. talking about this. Um, you've been doing these webinars, which are amazing. So you guys, it's called Business Unusual, yeah. Smart Advice for Small Business. And I was thinking about small businesses right now where they're, you know, they're trying to build trust and trying to keep that connection with their customer, yet they also have uh, these unavoidable supply chain situations, uh, mm -hmm. lacking inventory, these different problems that are sort of unique to this time. What, what's your advice for them right now? Well, the inventory problem is everybody's problem. Big business, small business, everybody's yeah. got the same issue, okay? But the little business has a huge advantage over the big guy in this regard. Because the little guy could communicate directly with the customer and make them fall in love. They could create a relationship with the customer that makes the customer want to do business with them. No one identifies with a big company. I can't wait to do business with that big company. But talk to the typical consumer. They've changed in the last two years. They are very supportive of a small business. And if you can communicate to them early, let them know this is a supply issue, when it will come, make sure they know how much you love them, share with them this, what, what's happening in your shops and photos online, whatever you do. If you can communicate uh, early and clearly and lovingly, customers will work with you. I have seen that with most of the businesses I've invested in. It's just the ones who are hiding and don't really wanna confront the customer and kind of like, oh, let's see where it goes. Uh, it never turns out pretty at all. That That is the subject of our Wednesday, next Wednesday's uh, webinar. It's how to get the customer not only 
in your hand, but how to make them love you, how to keep them coming back. And you know what, we have really done such great research in finding the best ways to do that, which we share in the webinar. And also the other piece of it is you need a great technology partner you could trust because nothing happens in business today that isn't dependent on the right technology. Mm -hmm. And that's why when I have ATT as my partner, I got this side, they got that side. So I feel like we can really, or not we can, we do really help uh, young entrepreneurs uh, get ahead in business with our advice. I love that. And just for, for people who are experiencing the interview right now and wondering, okay, I need the details, we'll we'll link all of this up and I'll share the information at the end so that you okay. can attend that and, to, and yes. just and take advantage of it. Barbara, at the beginning you were talking about you, you, you had so many jobs and you were really, it seems like it was, I don't know, where you made that way to be a really hard worker. And I wonder if, um, there's a tempering of that advice for this generation. So people who I have as mentees, for example, they have such a different mindset than I had when I started out in this business. This business, we start out and you work every single possible hour and it doesn't matter what you make or what you do, you just go, 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 go. Now people, they're talking about self-care. <laughs> they're like, I need to have work-life balance, you know, these different things which were totally foreign to me starting out in this business. So how do you speak to that younger generation about, about hard work and dedication, but perhaps weaving in some of those more modern, um, I, I guess, what, what would they be more modern values? Uh, you know what, I think you can do both. The people that I have working in my company are just as hard at working as I ever was when I was their same age in my 20s. They work ferociously, don't count hours, always turn up what they wanna do, and never ever hesitate in that regard. But what I think you have to do today, which perhaps well, was also true back 30 years ago when I was building loyalty among my staff, but what you what is even more important today is to give people flexibility because I've gotten accustomed to it. You know, we came through COVID, people didn't have to go to work. I can tell you if I dictated, I want you here Monday through Friday, I really want, no, I've learned to trust. I've learned to see that they can be productive at home. They could even supersede my expectations, if that's such a word. And so I've learned to trust. And if you can trust and latitude to your employees, they always deliver much more than you ever thought. So I would say to you, if you're finding that you don't have that work ethic around you, make sure you do a lot of hire, uh, interviewing. Do not hire unless somebody shares that work ethic. And if someone's 90% there, they can learn 150% by hanging out with you. Mm -hmm. And if they don't learn it out by hanging out with you, they ain't gonna get it, you know? Those are only the only people that are worth uh, having close to you to build a business. It's more fun. It's more productive. Uh, the joy of getting there is always present. Uh, and so why would you wanna hang out with the wrong people? I think choosing the right people is always the most important call, call in anything you do in your life, whether it be marriage, the only ones you can't choose are the kids, right? Mm, they kind of <laughs> come when they come. <laughs> I don't want that one, send that one back. Yeah, right. <laughs> but choosing the right people, and I don't find the kids today are that different than the kids yesterday, provided you choose the right ones. Well, maybe the more are not so good, but provided you choose the right ones. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful advice. Barbara, how did you know that I was gonna ask you about family next? It was like you, you did the transition <laughs> yeah. for me. I wanted to ask about just sort of going through life and building a family, but also building a business and being there for for everybody. And you built your family in a way that mm -hmm. is, um, I think, becoming more common to women right now. Um, and I wanna hear about how you sort of did that. Was this like a strategic, I'm going to do this and this and this and work for this many years, then start my family? Or how did you yeah. get it all done? 
Yeah, no, I wish I was, I'm extremely organized by nature, but so far as planning my life out, I often let it roll, rock yeah. and roll, right? You know, I built my business, I had 15, well, let's see, I started 23, I had my first baby at 46, how many years is that? A lot of years, right? I wasn't even thinking about having a baby, I was so busy building my business, and my business was my baby. It was my baby, just the way you love a child and nurture a child and choose a child and put them to school and educate them and give them what they need and clothe them. That was my attitude to everyone who ever worked for me. So I really didn't have the mental space or the physical time to accommodate children. I never thought of it until I realized there was a deadline called nature. And then it took me five years with in vitro to have my first child, which was Tommy. And then I adopted my second child 10 years later at 56. So I didn't have a conscious formula, but when I look back, this is what I really did. I kind of cheated. I focused on my business all those years, much like a guy can do it, even if he has a family. Hyper-focus, hyper-focus with no interruption. But once I had a child, I had sibling rivalry playing out of my chest every day of the week, and I sold my business. I could not do both. I couldn't be a phenomenal mother there and a phenomenal mother there too. I had to choose one. I chose being a mother to my son. and you know what, uh, that was the right choice. I didn't want to miss that show. I had waited so long and you know, your heart goes into it, right? You, you have no choice. It's like, boom, you love that kid. You can't believe how much you love them. I can distinctly remember the day after I had Tommy, gave birth to Tommy, me hearing from my star salesperson demanding, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> I was at my desk and she, remember I just had a baby. Ah, when are you coming in? <laughs> So I had uh, those fights every day with myself, not to be enough to my employees and not to be enough to my kid. And that's what every mother struggles with, who's trying to do both. I could not have done it. I could not have built the size business I had if I had also been juggling trying to raise a child, or I would have been a terrible mom. It just wasn't possible, and I've got a lot of energy. Uh, you, you do, and I, and I love your honesty on this. What was IVF like for you? It was horrible. Every time I lost a baby, or I shouldn't say lost a baby, lost the embryo, that was five times, I would come in the office, you know, you know when that 10th day is, you get the call from the doctor, yeah. it's exactly 10 days, they tell you if you're pregnant, and I couldn't take the call. I would have my dear secretary, Sylvia, take the call, she's much older than I, and she would come in, close the office door, and Jesus Christ, and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I would just cry for the whole morning, because it felt like I really had a baby, you know. And then finally, finally, in the fifth try, Tommy got born. It was a miracle. I almost didn't believe her when she said, good news. I'm like, no, yes, good news, no. Good news, yes, no, you know? But that was a miracle. You know, uh, having children isn't for everybody. Uh, you know, I have siblings that have big families. I have a couple of siblings that have no children. It's not for everybody. But let me tell you, it was for me. If I had missed that show, I would have, I think, cried about it. Well, maybe not. Maybe I wouldn't have known what I missed. But uh, uh, it's such a satisfying, wonderful thing to have a child and have a family of your own. I just can't imagine anything taking precedent over that. But fortunately, I built a business that was able to give me a great life because I did that first. It's beautiful. Barbara, you can't see me here, but I'm over here just crying, thinking about you getting Don't those calls. Don't stop it. And be, stop you know, it. It's just a, you know, it's a lot. It's heavy. And I'm just picturing you in that chaotic, it's such a juxtaposition between what you want for your family life and what you know you and then being in the middle of your business and continuing to do it so anyway thank you for sharing that with us i um gosh you're amazing um and this is why we wanted to have you back and and i thank you so much for just being so generous with your time and thoughts today
My pleasure. Just make sure you promote our fabulous webinar series, 888barber.com. Anybody can sign up. It's for free. Please join us. We give so much great information with AT&T as our sponsor, AT&T Business as our sponsor. It's just terrific. Yes, you guys. So Don't October 13th, 2 p.m. Eastern. October 13th. We'll it. have it all linked Next up week. there. It's free for, for business owners. Really, really wonderful give back. And, and thank you for coming on to talk about it. My pleasure. Really nice hanging out with you. You too, Barbara. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Man, you guys. Whew. Okay, secondshotpodcast.com. You can get it. You know these are on CW33 every Thursday, and all the information will be linked up in the show notes, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.